Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. All right, welcome everybody back to On Your Way Out. Um, so excited to be here um, yeah, sharing this opportunity to, yeah, just continue hearing stories from our congregation and some people that are a part of our body and the ways that God is moving. Um, and I think this episode is going to be really cool. And for me, it's really encouraging to hear um, just some of what the Lord is doing through people in our community in ways that we just, I feel like we just need to know about. Um, so that's why we wanted to bring on Mary Reinsberger, um, who's got some cool stories that we're just going to, we're just going to talk about. So thank you so much for being on with us, Mary. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Mary is such a um, humble, sweet presence. And um, I've gotten to know her one of the first, probably one of the first people I met when I started working at Providence because she's on the worship team. Um, and mm-hmm. ma- many of you probably know Mary in, in that way. Um, I thought it'd be cool just maybe Mary, before we kind of jump into some of these stories that's been going on recently, um, what has been kind of your heart through worship? I've always noticed in you just kind of like a, just a very deep heart for worship. Um, and I really think that shines through in your presence as you lead and as you sing. Um, I know you, you really help lead us, not just through your vocals, but just even through your love for the Lord. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, is anything you want to share just about like how worship has affected you and how that's a big part of, of your faith with Jesus? Hmm. Well, being on the worship team is just a joy. It's just a hmm. pleasure. It doesn't feel like work. Hmm. I, I'm thankful for the opportunity to do something that is a way of serving, but Honestly, it's just yeah. it's just a joy. I just yeah. love it. And yeah. I think music connects to my emotions and my heart in a unique way. And I hope that it does for others too. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a way of uh, you know, connecting the truth of God's word and the um the lyrics that, you know that come from God's word and reflect truth can just stick with you in a, in a way through music that they wouldn't and, um, touch your heart in a way that, um, if you read the Bible doesn't always resonate the way that it should. Hmm. And you, music is a way that it, it helps affirm the truth to me and helps me remember it. Yeah. I'm very much the same way. And I think, um, I, my dad makes this comment and I think it's very true that worship is much more of a right-brained thing um, inter- mm. as compared to other things that we do, that it music, you know, when we look at like creation and we look at all the things that we have that God has given to us, I, I do think that music was very intentionally designed for that purpose, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is so cool that we get to like join in with this crazy, I'm a music nerd, so I think about frequencies and all these weird things mm-hmm. like that. But um, like you just said, it it, it makes the the truth of the gospel and the truth of scripture really impact you in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. Than like, like the, like, a, like a, someone teaching, it's a very different kind of thing. Um, and that's where that right brain, more emotional side of us, I think can connect with these mm-hmm. ideas that are more theological. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a joy having sure. you on the team. Um, Thanks. it's been, yeah, like five years now since I've been worshiping with you and yeah, I'm always excited when you're on the team. Cause I, like I said, I think you, you really do that, that your love for Jesus really shines through when you're, when you're leading on stage. So I think that's awesome. Well, we wanted to hear a little bit like, 
you know, we could talk, we could probably talk about worship for a half hour, mm-hmm. but there's been some cool, just personal stories that's been happening in your life that we just wanted to dig into. Um, so we've been, if you've been, you know, watching our services online, or if you've been here the last few months, um, hopefully you've picked up a little bit on this theme that um, we've started to really look at our ministry as believers in different ways as a part from just the experience of a Sunday morning church experience. Um, and some of what we what we want to be about is kind of hard to define because it's sort of like we just want us to be Jesus to the world. And for all of us, that's going to look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, Mary, you have just a cool example of just kind of saying yes to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. And we've just, I think you've seen some cool fruit of that, right? Um, so basically, Mary, I'll let you, I don't want to step on your story, but Ma- Mary has been really involved with essentially um, just having like this community with the kids that her friend or the kids that her kids are friends with, um, specifically like in her neighborhood. And that's kind of grown into this really cool opportunity just to like share life with them and share Jesus with them. Um, maybe if you want to start from the beginning and just talk about like how that came about and how it's grown to what it's become today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really enthusiastic to talk about uh, what we've been able to do. So it's, it's fun to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, um, we have we have four kids that are all close in age. We have um, our, our oldest daughter who's now sixteen, and then we have triplets that are two years younger. So I think that's part of the story is that we have a unique family um, arrangement, so that we it's easy for us to gather um, kids that are all close in age around us because we mm-hmm. have four that are close right. in age. So our kids. Another piece is that um, our kids go to public school. So starting um, in the elementary, it became pretty easy for us to have a lot of kids close in age that were from a variety of spiritual backgrounds, whether um, practicing other religions or no religious background or um, nominal Christians, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, you know, church going friends. We began inviting them to church with us, like to VBS and to Girls Life and Boys Adventure, which most of you know is the um, elementary um, right. Wednesday night program here at church. So somewhere around when our kids were in upper elementary, we we found ourselves basically with two carloads full of kids <laughs> that we were taking back and forth to church. Yeah. Uh, my husband's car, my car, both full. And when my younger two daughters were at the end of their last year of Girls Life, I was helping out and leading uh, the way that the girl's life format is, is there's a small group kind of lesson time, and then there's a craft that the girls do together. And my um, my girls had about maybe six or eight friends that were coming with them mm-hmm. to girl's life. And at the end of that spring, the, it had been such a great experience, and the girls were really enjoying it. And I thought, maybe over the summer, we could continue getting together. And I thought, we could do a girl's life format type thing. And so that's how um, it was first born the idea of having something Mm -hmm. that I did in the summer for my um, kids and their friends. So I I started out, um, so we we did this for two summers that, um, you know, one one night a week during the summer, I would have the girls come to our house about four o'clock and we would do a Bible lesson um, together Mm -hmm. with the girls. And And when was this when this first started? uh, So three, four years ago. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and 
what we decided on for format, I would start out with a, um, a Bible study lesson. And some of the things that I wanted to do um, for those girls was to be intentional about them hearing the gospel um, mm-hmm. in the course of our summer lessons. I wanted them to um, each have a, a Bible, their own Bible. If they didn't have mm-hmm. one, we would give them one. And I wanted them to learn to open it and be able to um, find a verse and um, turn to the verse. And I wanted to instill in them the idea that the Bible is God's word and also that they could have a personal relationship with God, that it wasn't mm. just about um, coming to church or certain um, yeah. rituals like that. Yeah. And also and also prayer, um, that we would pray together and they would be exposed to mm. um, hearing me pray and the idea yeah. that we could um, pray, ask God for what we needed and pray to him. So just that's... Like yeah getting to experience just some of those basic things that are a part of our faith, maybe for for the first time, right? Uh, And for some of them, it was very new. I mean, I remember, you know, needing to explain to one girl, um, when we pray, you can um, close your eyes and try Mm. to keep your hands quiet and we're talking to God. And, um, and it was, it was a joy every time I realized that some of these girls had not ever heard or experienced these things before. That was That's great. how that changes your perspective so, too, because especially yeah. when you grow up in a Christian family, you don't even think about like how right. unnormal some of these things are going right. to feel to someone who has just not experienced it. It's probably like a really yeah. beautiful part of that perception for is getting sure. to see that for the first time. No idea what to do with the Bible either, just needing to, you know, mm-hmm. explain explain yeah. that, which was great. Cool. So there's an old part, there's a new part, mm-hmm. you know, so it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that went, um, that went super, you know, so we did that for two summers with, um, the Bible study that I did indoors and I, um, would turn it into a whole evening, you know, it would be, it would last hours. So they would come for Bible study. We would do a craft together. Um, I would feed the girls dinner every, um, each night of the when hmm. they came once a week, and then they would stay and just hang at our house until it got dark or their parents made them go home. And hmm. it was a real highlight of the week and of the summer for all of the girls. Um, and also, I, it was really good for my own kids. I yeah. liked, for one thing, I, it gave me the chance to um, build into my girls' lives spiritually, also to help them be more comfortable sharing that with their friends from mm-hmm. school. And we also incorporated girls um, in the neighborhood that they had become friends with. So it became kind of a school and a neighborhood mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. We'd have maybe about um, maybe 10 friends come yeah. in, in addition to my girls. So cool. Um, it, was, it was natural. It was easy to have girls want to come. So that yeah. was so that was what we did for a couple of summers. That's really cool. And and as we continue through this, there's you'll kind of see this consistent theme. I think of how th- kind of what you are doing in a lot of ways. I think is meeting those kids really like where they are at their level. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, a lot of them were not Christians or really had much experience. You know, with a lot of these things that you mm-hmm. were kind of exposing them to. Um, and I th- I don't know. My my perception would be that there's like if I was that age. And I had no idea like who Jesus was. And, you know, I had a friend who was a Christian, maybe I would probably be more hesitant to like come with them to like a Sunday morning. Like I, mm-hmm. I would be like, I don't know what's going on there. I'm not really a part of that. Right. But I will go to your house and hang out with mm-hmm. you, you know? So it's kind of like you're meeting them in a place where, you know, that for them, that, that was the first time for a lot of them heard about Jesus. They heard about the cross and about prayer and mm-hmm. these things, but you're doing it in a way where it's so organic that it, it almost probably latches on in, in a more deeper way because it's number one with like their friends with people that they know mm-hmm. and they trust right it's not from it's not from a, someone preaching on a, on a pulpit which is has its own values right but I think that's such a unique and cool place that you were you were speaking into that not many 
not many kids probably have the opportunity to be a part of something like that. It'd be, it'd be very interesting to, to, to just see how that even changes how they think about their faith because it started in this really cool, like organic mm. way. I think that's really cool. It also gave me an opportunity to get to know the parents of some of the girls too, that they would sometimes mm-hmm. come and help or I would get to see them before or after the group and I get to have some discussions with them, which was awesome yeah. too. So, so then, um, then that brought us to last summer, which, uh, you know, everything changed last year. So when, when COVID happened, um, I wondered if we would be able to continue doing what we had done the previous two summers and case, my husband case and I quickly, you know, realized if we were going to do it, it had to be outside. Mm -hmm. And another, another thing that had been, um, in my mind was the idea of making it co-ed, not Hmm. just, um, for the girls because our, um, we have a son too, Andrew, and he would get kicked out of the house each week um, when the girls, girls are only tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so he he was you know left out of it, and not only that, but um, our kids w- had really made friends in our neighborhood, and there was a lot of just happened to be a lot of boys in our neighborhood mm-hmm. that were over at our house all the time, all the other days of the week, and in our yard, and we have a little lake in our backyard that yeah. they would be swimming, and so mm-hmm. I had to basically kick the boys out yeah. um, of the party each week and tell them they weren't allowed to come. And I would notice them kind of hanging hanging around mournfully that night, watching the fun <laughs> that they can participate in. So, so I thought, sad. okay, so... We how, can we, how can we include them? Right. So yeah. I thought, it's we need to figure out how to include them and my son. And so quickly when we made the list of kind of a minimal of who we would want to invite to come, it was easily to 25 kids, hmm. which sounded intimidating, overwhelming. Um, I thought, how am I going to do this outdoors with this big group of kids? And so that was, um, that was a whole new step of faith. And, um, I wasn't sure how we were going to be able to do that. So it's, it's cool to look and see how God provided it and Mm -hmm. just allowed it to happen because there was a, um, I decided to reach out to a, a, girl um, named Leela, who is a Young Life staff um, girl who helped out, helps out with Young Life at my kids' school, where they go to school. Mm-hmm. And um, because of COVID, she was um, happened to be home almost the entire summer because um, Young Life camps were canceled that she normally right. would have to be away from. And she was enthusiastic about helping me. Mm-hmm. So I asked her, how am I going to do this with 25 you know, middle and high school-aged kids in my backyard um, one night a week? And so she partnered with me. And we had the idea that we would do kind of outdoor like games and then we would do a talk and we mapped out an kind of a trajectory of topics about the life of Jesus. And then also I really wanted there to be some small group um, discussion or time to mm-hmm. go a little deeper and, and get kids' response to what yeah. we were talking about as well. And also feeding them dinner and letting yeah. them hang around all yeah. the rest of the night. So that's um, that's what we did last summer. Which was, yeah, was so cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, it was great to incorporate a lot of kids from the neighborhood, and hmm. um, and like I said, just from a variety of faith backgrounds. Right. So, so like, and what were some of the what were some of like the you know, I, I I guess yeah backgrounds that were present that were coming. So uh, we had um, one girl in particular whose family agnostic, not at all church going. Right. We had a couple of boys from the neighborhood whose parents um had immigrated from asia and one of one of the boys um has a 
you know, a Buddhist background. Mm-hmm. The other boy told me his family really had zero religious mm-hmm. um, background at all. Um, in addition to other kids that um, aren't church, you know, weren't church right. going, and I just wasn't entirely sure, yeah. really, even where some of the yeah. kids were coming from. Yeah, so. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, did that make you, you know, did you look at that in? I don't know, did that scare you at all that you had just so many backgrounds present or like how did you approach that or did that not even really phase you that much in terms of how you approach them? Well, as far as how we approach them, I I thought it was fantastic. That was what I most wanted was the idea that we could have kids there who hadn't heard about Jesus that Hmm. were having a, I mean, that's who I most wanted to come that they could hear about, um, about the gospel story here um, just the, the basic truth of the Christian mm-hmm. life and we, you know, be able to give them a Bible and follow through with that and just begin engaging them in those conversations yeah. about faith was That's so awesome. what I most wanted. Yeah. Did you have, do you have any examples or stories of like just some of the ways that they had, yeah, just engaging with things for the first time and like just seeing them starting to like understand a little bit of, you know, what we believe as, as Christians um, from their perspective um, are there any examples of just some cool moments that have happened in those kinds of ways? Yeah, there was one one girl in particular that um, after I the the week that we got to the point in the life of Jesus where um, we talked specifically about the cross, and mm. of course, uh, Leela, my partner, happened to be out of town that week, so it it was me, <laughs> it was you. Um, which I was very nervous about. That uh-huh. um, giving a giving a talk to middle and high school students um, is is different and mm-hmm. just how to engage them. So I, um, I gave a talk on the, on the cross and Jesus death and what it, what it meant. And then when we broke up into small groups after, um, this particular girl was in the group, the discussion group I was leading. And I asked her, I asked all the kids, um, you know, what was their impression of the topic or what, um, mm-hmm. was it something that they were familiar with or what were their thoughts? And she, she said, I have never heard that before. Hmm. That is, you know, I've never heard anything like that before. Wow. And so I asked her um, what she what she thought, and she said, "Well, if someone offers me something for free, I always wonder what do they want in return. So huh. that makes me a little like, you know, yeah. nervous about that. So, huh. which I thought was a very insightful response. Yeah, very appropriate response. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the opportunity to talk about how a little bit more how. Um, Salvation is a completely free hmm. gift, and how our appropriate response is gratitude and love, but it's not something we have to pay yeah. um, Jesus back for. So I actually had a cool. very, that's so funny. I think that is a very common, um, may, maybe a common response to hearing that gospel for the first time. I remember I had a very similar experience. Um, my family does. A, a Bible study on Sunday nights that we've been doing for like five years. It's just kind of like a, we try to get just the different generations present of, of like my, you know, my age and then my parents' age and my grandparents' age. And we just kind of talk through lots of different things. And my cousin had brought her boyfriend that she was dating at the time who, um, I, I think, I'm not sure if he was agnostic. He had never really engaged with, you know, this, the gospel really on mm-hmm. a, in a, in a deep way. And I don't remember exactly the details of how we got into it, but we ended up talking about like the atonement of, of Jesus's blood and mm-hmm. you know, how kind of like what just the, the simplicity of that, of it's this unconditional gift that we don't do anything to deserve. And it just like, it was so, it just rocked his mind mm-hmm. um, because I think in our, 
maybe just because of the way that just the world operates and the way humans are broken and even the way we maybe perceive like other religious ideas is there's kind of like this um transactional type of thing mm-hmm. that we we always see like it's like if anything in, li- in life in life anything true. it's true like if, if someone gives you something for free you're like okay but why though you know like and i think to him especially on that level of like your eternal salvation like how could that be how could that be free you know, and, and that just totally wrecked him in, in a way. I, we, he just started crying. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such a cool thing when you get to, when you know, it's just one of those things where when you, it almost shapes your faith in a different way. When you see someone responding for the first time in a way and you're like, man, that is crazy though. Cause you kind of forget sometimes, but when you, when you get to share that with someone for the first time and you, and you almost see those wheels turning of like how beautiful just the gift of salvation is how beautiful the cross is, you know? I think that shapes us in a way as well, right? Yeah, and I, I like what you just said too, Tyler. I feel that when when we're trying to give our faith away, when we're trying to help someone else understand the gospel or grow, it changes us. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Sue shared um, in the sermon referencing the, yeah. um, the passage in John where um, when Jesus was restoring Peter... Um, and he said, um, feed my lambs, right? Because there's something about uh, feeding others that makes us grow and mm-hmm. it makes us think about our faith in a deeper way and understand it more deeply and want to live out the truth of what we are sharing uh, with others. So yeah, exactly. Not only for me, but I hope that for my kids through right. what we've been doing too, that yeah. I would be modeling that or they would be learning to do that and mm-hmm. um, taking steps of faith to invite um, friends and even in the discussion groups, you know, being able to pipe up and share something knowing mm-hmm. that some of the other kids in the group don't share their church background or not knowing what others are going to think about that so exactly have you had like specifically any conversation with your kids about how they just view this whole thing and like how they're how it's how it's impacted them in any ways hmm well i they're they're really excited about it and Mm -hmm. um one of one of my uh daughters this spring too has mentioned several times how she's excited about it and she's invited a couple um new girls from school and Mm. she you know had mentioned to me how she i think i might invite you know this girl Mm. and um and finding out you know the spiritual background of some of the girls that you know knew her friends at school and inviting them to do it so it's cool to see her kind of step out to do that but Mm. it's also that's what's so great about the whole format too is it it's something that's so appealing to all the kids kind of almost no matter where they are spiritually and how they view that part. Like the whole thing is so well, people just desire community and and they just want to hang out with their friends, right? Absolutely. Approaching it with that angle that I think everybody can enjoy and and just want to be a part of. right? Yeah. So, so that's good. That's so cool. And so, Basically, that was this past summer um, mm-hmm. with uh, Leela helping you. So where do you kind of see it, I guess, going from here? Um, I think this summer it's going to be bigger because yeah. it keeps it keeps, keeps growing. growing and wanting to invite uh, more kids to it. Mm-hmm. So we are hoping to do it again and, um, yeah. Just see what so, happens. Yeah, Just take the next step. Sure. Yeah. So. I love that. I think that is such a great example of how something so organic can be so impactful. And, you know, we, in the process of, um, yeah, like just setting up a, a, take a church, for example, and 
all of the different programs and structures and staff members and all these things that I think are very valuable. And I love what we have at Providence. Um, but sometimes we maybe overemphasize certain things that um, are good, but not necessarily the best. And to me, what the one of the best things and the most important things about church is the community. Like I think um, we, we grow and we learn and we learn so much about God through his body. Um, I think that's one of the biggest... Um, functions of church is that it, it does establish a community. Um, and sometimes we we understand that, but we don't maybe live in a way or interact with the church in a way that maybe emphasizes it in our own lives. And so what when I see what you're doing, it's like you are basically... Like when I hear like everything that you're doing, so you start, you know, you, you play a game, um, you maybe do a, you do crafts with like the girls or things like that, and then you, we share the gospel, and then we have a small group. Like you're basically doing student ministry. Like you're basically doing a youth group <laughs> program, but it's in a way that is so approachable. Because um, again, like for a lot of these kids, they might not feel comfortable coming to youth group, but they would come to their friend's house and hang out, mm-hmm. right? And or just get drawn in by whatever. Or it's like, what's going on over there? I'll go see that because it's a pretty visible thing, right? Because people can see that. Hey, there's a bunch of people hanging out over there. What's going on? Which is so cool. Do you have any other stories of examples of yeah, just the way kids have engaged with us, maybe that aren't familiar with Christianity and just how it's impacted them, just hearing the gospel and hearing these kinds of things for the first time. Um, Yeah, two two other boys that um, are in our neighborhood. They're their parents had each immigrated from Asia and they didn't have, you know, had zero Christian background. Mm -hmm. So I knew that what they have been hearing, had been hearing over the summer was really new information to them as well. And I had the opportunity to, um, ask each of them, you know, individually for a few minutes, what they thought. And, um, each of them responded positively that it had been interesting to them. And I asked them, you know, if they wanted to learn more, and they both had said they did. And so we uh, got Bibles, and we were able to give each one of them a Bible. And one, one of the boys, I was had been standing in the yard asking him that, and I mentioned to him that I had a Bible that I wanted to give him, and then um, something else happened. And then at the end of the evening, I was encouraged because he uh, kind of came, you know, back up onto our deck where I was and specifically mm-hmm. asked me, um, did you have that Bible <laughs> that you said that you would mm-hmm. give me? So I was... I was super encouraged by that, just to yeah. see a genuine um, interest. And, yeah. you know, when we share the gospel with people, th- they can be at any point, and they don't always jump from right. the from zero all the way to the exactly. point in one jump. And especially with kids, I think uh, the relationship's important, and it's a, it's a journey, which is what's so great about having the kids week after week and helping them process their questions gradually. Mm-hmm. And so You're kind of developing probably some trust with them that they feel more and more comfortable even mm-hmm. asking certain questions and that relationship that you have with them is so important, I think, in, in what you're doing, mm-hmm. which is very different. And there's different um, modes and, um, how do I say, there's 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 different ways like evangelism looks, I guess, and di- different people have sort of different sk- skills and, and um abilities and their ability to communicate certain things. Um, so I think what's different maybe about you than some other people is that there are certain people who are very good at approaching someone who's like a complete stranger and like talking to them and getting to know them very quickly and doing like mm-hmm. a, almost like a very, um, very quick, uh, 
summarization of the gospel to someone that they just met. And like, there are people that like bring people to the Lord like that all the time. And Mm -hmm. to me, that blows my mind because that's not what I'm good at. Sometimes people are ready. And some, exactly. And some, exactly. And then I think in in another, a lot of, to me, what I've seen in in my life and kind of what you're doing is you're developing this relationship with somebody. And in, in your case, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kid, right? It's someone who's not your peer, um, which is also kind of a unique element, I think, in this, which is really cool. But I'm, I'm sure that as time goes on and like maybe the summer, a lot of those same kids are coming back, right? And maybe some new kids as well. Mm-hmm. And you're just continuing to develop that relationship with them where the more and more that you get to know them and they get to know you and each other, especially, um, there's, that's part of the, that's like, that's literally a church, like, um, when it, when you, when it comes down to it. And I would look at what you're doing. You, I'm sure you want to call it that, but basically a church plant, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's, it's, it's not structured. There's no payroll, there's no staff, there's no building. And well, it's your house, I suppose, but, um, you're doing what the great commission and what Jesus called us to do. Um, and I think that's beautiful and I think it's awesome. And it's something that we, sometimes, uh, I don't know, we just, we don't always see what God is doing just in our neighborhoods or in the people that God's put around Mm us. Um, So I just love everything about what you're doing. One thing that you mentioned to me, I I just wanted to highlight is that, so when you were in college, you were a part of Campus Crusades, Mm -hmm. right? So, and Case has been involved in Young Life Life. as a leader in the past. Right. So you guys have... um, kind of been in this sort of thing at different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. And, would, and you would maybe say, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel like intimidating or maybe at some points, but to you, it's kind of just like who you are. Like it, it just makes sense for you to do this. It, it definitely involves some steps of faith and we feel yeah, nervous, yeah. but yeah, I'm really thankful for the opportunities we had in the past to, you know, the training and the experience that yeah. makes this, natural for yeah, us in exactly which and i think why that's important to sort of highlight that is like for mary and for case and probably for her kids now this is what like very clearly how god has shaped them and prepared them to do something like this um and even for me as i listen to this or probably as many of you listen to like the story my first gut reaction is like man i could not do that <laughs> you know there's <laughs> look at all the work that goes on that i don't think i have what it takes to maybe pull that kind of thing together um and first of all i guess um and you would agree with this, Mary, a lot of this is not the work of yourself, but just the work of God using you to do it. He's going to do, right? It's not, it's not up to you. And it's, it's cool even to see how people have come alongside and want to help. Um, Mm -hmm. Like a couple of uh, ladies at church have told me they want to help with the food this summer, Mm -hmm. which I I appreciate that so much because, you know, feeding 30 people once a week Hmm. has its, you know, is one more, one more thing, you know? Um, So it just, it's, Hmm. it's cool to see how, you know, we mm-hmm. can help each other with things that totally. God calls us to do too. Exactly. And I guess my, how I would, p- part of how I would hope the story encourages myself and as well as any people um, that are just kind of thinking about maybe, okay, what is my, where has God placed me, I guess? And I usually, I think I, I would want to start by saying, how has God gifted me? You know, what are my gifts as a person? And I think it's so cool. That's part of that body that we all kind of serve different parts of that. And, you know, for Mary, this is such a natural um, extension of who she is. Um, But for me, it's probably something completely different. And so I don't look at like, you know, this, this story of what God has done through Mary is like, okay, well, that's what I got to do. I got to go, I got to go meet the people in my condo and start a Bible study, you know? Um, 
maybe it is, but um, I think I want to see like, okay, where has God gifted me? And maybe it's literally one person. Um, maybe it's um, a rock climbing gym. That's where Ellie goes. That's Ellie's ministry. She's going to start a rock climbing church. Um, but I think that's kind of how we want to just start to think about like, who is our community as, as Providence Church? What are the ways that um, we've been gifted and been prepared by the Holy Spirit to do certain things? And let's like, just start stepping out in faith, right? And I think you would say there's probably been a lot of times in this journey where, like you said, um, you just had to kind of take the step of obedience and pray mm-hmm. that God is going to do something. And he totally showed up and did something really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a really encouraging example and testimony of, I think, how the Holy Spirit just Im- uses us and empowers us to do his work. And we just get to partner with what he's doing, right? It's great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing um, what's been going on. Um, Would you pray for us? Sure. Cool. Dear God, thanks for the opportunity we had today to have this conversation. And I pray for myself and Tyler and anyone listening that we would see the opportunities that you give us, that we would be willing to follow your leading, that we would step out in faith, that we would grow as we seek to help other people know Jesus. And I pray for um, you, God, and the power of your Holy Spirit to do what only you can do in the hearts of those that we're reaching Mm -hmm. out to, to bring them to know you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again so much, Mary. You're awesome. (laughs) Hey, um, we will catch you guys next time. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.